0: You're listening to audio from Parkview Church in Iowa City, Iowa. If you'd like to learn more about Parkview, find more resources, or give to our ministry, please visit parkviewchurch.org. We're so glad you're here at Parkview to celebrate this service with us. Such a beautiful time and a great time to get together. I know many of you look forward to this service all year round, and it's thrilling to sing these wonderful songs together. I want to highlight just a few of the the words that, that, that we've just sung together. Come and see what the Lord has done for us. Light of the world given for us. Story of amazing love. The world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. Light of the world, treasure of heaven, became one of us. Through clouds, he will lead us straight into glory forevermore. Sing hallelujah to the light of the world. Light of the world, shine across the earth and send the shadows to flight. I love that. For the past few Sundays here at Parkview, we've been uh, going through a series entitled Son of Heaven, and we've been highlighting the reasons for the incarnation of Christ. We're studying that incarnation. And it, if you haven't been here, we encourage you to, to get on the website and watch those and, and, and help us fill in. But we noted that the Son took on flesh to reveal God to us so we could know the truth, addressing our greatest need. And that God took on flesh to experience and model life for us, to help us. And that God took on flesh to become man and to defeat sin and death. And now we see that the Son became man to bring the light of life to those who were trapped in darkness. I'm going to ask you to pray with me, and I'm going to encourage you just on your own to just take a moment quietly to just say, Lord, would you shine the light into my life right now? Would it be to show me something I didn't understand or to remind me of the wonderful truth? Just pray that on your own. Father, would you have your way in this place? We give you glory and adoration and praise. You're so worthy. And we ask now that you would just enlighten our hearts Lord, maybe for the first time, we're just a wonderful reminder of the good news of Christ. Be in our midst and have your way. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Have you ever been in a situation where you're trapped in physical darkness and you can't find your way or whatever? As a hobby, I love to ride uh, motorcycles. My wife and I like to do that, to go out on a date. I also like to ride Uh, dual sport going off into uh, the wild, if you will. Some years ago, my son and I were riding in the woods of northern Wisconsin. It was late into the fall, and we had gone deeper into the woods than we had realized. As evening was fast approaching, we realized we were starting to run quite low on fuel. GPS signal had failed us and we'd gotten turned around we, we got to a point where we thought we were almost all the way back to the truck, but discovered that we had gone in the opposite direction And now the stress was setting in We're in the middle of nowhere nearly out of gas And we stopped side by side and shut the motorcycles off. And when we did that, the headlights went off and we realized how thick and ominous the darkness had become in these woods. Ironically, all day we had hoped to see a bear and now that had become our primary fear. (laughs) That and wondering how we would endure a wet and cold late October night in the woods without shelter or food. I kept thinking, what have we done? We discussed our options. Do we leave one of the motorcycles behind, combine the fuel into one and ride together out and then hope we could somehow find the bike again the next day? What kind of breadcrumb trail could we leave? By the goodness of God, we made it back. And I want, to know, I want you to know what a relief it was. And, and I, I still think back on that. and it, it makes anxiety rise within me because we were wondering if the darkness of that night would overtake us. I'm going to invite you to come with me to the hillsides of Bethlehem as we look at this scripture tonight. Having been to Bethlehem, I can tell you it's a pretty active place. It's a community now of around 25 to 30,000 people. In the time in which Luke would have been writing about, it may have been two to 3,000 people in Bethlehem. But no doubt an active night for this little town of which Luke writes. Yet from a distance it would likely have looked peaceful and quiet. The shepherds might have perceived it from a distance and, and looked at it and seen beauty in it as they watched their flock. Can you picture it? The sun has set and it's become dark and, and the shepherds' eyes have gradually adjusted to the darkness. And, and, and for them, darkness is not really a very casual time. It's not a restful time because they had to be careful not to lose any of the animals. For these Jewish shepherds watching somebody else's flock, in, according to Genesis 31, restitution would have to be made for any that would be missing. So in the dark of the night, they're now using their other senses to try to keep track of the animals as best possible. For the shepherd at this point, he, he notices all the shapes and, 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 and shadows he listens closely for disturbances amongst the sheep. In Illinois, we had a, a farmer next to us that had sheep. And from time to time, some of those sheep would get out, and it would stir up the other sheep. And I knew that as I went to go see, visit my, my neighbor, sometimes it would turn out good. I'd say, Gene, your sheep are out. And he'd go, okay, I'll go get them. And I'd say, I'll help you. But his mind was slipping. And sometimes I'd say, Gene, your sheep were out. And he'd say, I don't have any sheep. And that meant I had to go find his sheep for him. But for the shepherd, other times they can just sense a predator coming. No large group can sneak up on shepherds. And maybe in the calm when all is well, he he would look into the distance and see a few dim lights into the the homes in Bethlehem. But this night, something happens that's arguably more scary, more stressful than any predator attacking the flock. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Some translations say terrified. This glorious moment And they've been snuck up upon. Can you do your best to imagine it? Uh, suddenly, the darkness is interrupted by the incredibly bright, indescribable light of the radiance of the glory of the Lord. It overwhelms them as their eyes strain to adjust, to, the, to react to the light. In this holy moment. God uses the physical light of his own glory to replace and to drive out the darkness of that night, sending a dramatic and powerful message that these shepherds could not possibly ignore. I want you to consider again with me darkness, the the absence of light. You know, Satan loves darkness because he loves deception. It's easy to deceive in the dark, isn't it? His desire is to prevent the light of Jesus from from shining into lives. The Apostle Paul later, when writing about unbelievers who who couldn't believe Christ, he, he said that the God of this world has blinded their minds to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And he would say, the, the word of the cross is folly, folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it's the power of God. And you've got to stop and say, how can the same thing create two polar opposite responses? It's light and it's darkness, isn't it? it it's stuck in, in spiritual darkness or having light illuminate the way. You see, darkness can rob sight. Even now, here in this beautiful service with these decorations in place, the the mood is set by their beauty, right? But perhaps the most beautiful are the candles. Uh, candles have been used for centuries in worship, and, and, and the candlelight reminds us of the simplicity of our Savior's birth, and that soft glow just puts out a special warmth, and it, and it helps us just kind of get in the mood, and it's wonderful symbolism that's per- portrayed by that glowing light of the candle. But you see, light is revealing, isn't it? We we can see when things are clear, and we're we're told here in Luke 2 that the radiant light of the Lord's presence was visible on the night when Jesus was born. I mean, just let yourself go there with me for a minute. The angel of the Lord uh, uh, appeared to them, the glory shines around them, and, and they're filled with fear, and then look at verse 10. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Can you just imagine the shock of this moment? for the shepherds, for for their animals. What a moment. Not only would the darkness be replaced by glorious light, but the silence of that night is replaced by an angelic announcement. Verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jewish convert to Christianity and Bible scholar Alfred Edersheim writes these words. Of a sudden came the long-delayed, unthought-of announcement. Heaven and earth seemed to mingle as suddenly an angel stood before their dazzled eyes. While the outstreaming glory of the Lord seemed to enwrap them as in a mantle of light. Surprise, awe, fear would be hushed into calm and expectancy. As from the angel they heard that what they boded not judgment, but ushered into waiting Israel the great joy of those good tidings which he brought. The long-promised Savior, Messiah, Lord, was born in the city of David, and that they themselves might go and see. And recognize him by the humbleness of the circumstances surrounding his nativity. Isn't that great? A savior. Remember John, the Baptizers, would, 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 he would say, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Savior, the Christ, the, the Greek word for the Hebrew word, Messiah, the anointed one has come. Lord. God in flesh, Emmanuel. This was the announcement of the arrival of the long-awaited fulfillment of prophecy. Look at verse 12. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God, In the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Edersheim continues. What they sang was but the reflex of what had been announced. It told in the language of praise the character, the meaning, the result of what had taken place heaven took up the strain of glory, earth echoed as its peace, it fell on the ears and hearts of men as good pleasure. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men, good pleasure. I would argue that this is an amazing scene for anyone, right? To, to behold this, to see what's going on. Uh, amazing scene for, for certainly any shepherd. Uh, But there's an argument to be made that this was even more amazing for these particular shepherds. There's a very compelling case that that is made that says these shepherds would not have been ordinary shepherds. You see, this region where this happened was an area where the shepherds uh, would be watching over animals that were used for temple worship in nearby Jerusalem. So these shepherds are caring for, for animals that are designated to be taken to the temple. You think these shepherds ever considered that they would have been the first ones to hear of the arrival of the Savior? The Lamb of God? It's like the angels are saying, we'd like to introduce you to the once and for all Lamb to be sacrificed for the sins of man. What a moment. The one that generations of Hebrews had waited for had come. Darkness is lifted. As I contemplated this, it it seems quite unlikely to me that any of these shepherds would have let themselves lose, lose track of Jesus in the years ahead. It's speculative. But but certainly they had their own lives to live. And and, and after they had gone and seen Jesus and and Mary and Joseph, uh, they couldn't stay with him. That would have been a little weird. But they must have kept up on the news about him. Maybe they heard about Jesus healing the lame or or Jesus going and giving sight to the blind. Or or hearing about the religious leaders giving him grief and, and, and that tension. Or hearing about him... Offering eternal life to those who have faith. And they're thinking, I I remember him. I will never forget that night. There's no way. I believe what they're saying. And then you've got to wonder what would have been their response to hearing about the crucifixion or hearing about his resurrection? I mean, how quickly did did they stop and and realize then that the the sacrificial system that they had helped supply animals for all this time was no longer valid or needed? Did their experience of, of heavenly light translate into personal faith in Jesus? We simply can't know for sure. But I ask you, what about you? Perhaps you are burdened by the weight of darkness, and you just need answers. You need that light of life, the true light from God. John chapter 8 records Jesus speaking to a group of people not unlike you and I, and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And later in chapter 12 of John, he says, I have come into the world as light so that no one who believes in me should stay in the darkness. I'm so thankful that Jesus, through his incarnation, replaces our spiritual darkness with his light and his life. Jesus declared himself to be the light of the world. That is a bold statement, and I tell you, only the Son of God can make such a statement. The light of his love and his grace is for you. God takes on flesh, and ultimately to be the final sacrifice for our sins, and the the candle... Reminds us that Jesus is the spotless Lamb of God sent to wash away our sins. His birth was for his death. And his death was for our birth. It's hard to consider that this child was born to die. But that death would provide the greatest victory of all and offer light to lift the darkness. You see, the sun became man to bring the light of life to those trapped in darkness. If you or I are without Christ, we are trapped in darkness. But there's hope because of the light of Jesus Christ. In a moment, we'll be lighting these candles. And it's a beautiful thing to see. I I love those times. And I want to suggest to you that it's really more beautiful as a reflection of the light inside of us. I want to ask you now, what is your reaction to the light of life? Do you know Jesus? Have you invited him to be your Lord and Savior? Matthew Henry said, It's not enough to look at this light and to gaze upon it, but we must follow it and believe in it and walk in it, for it is to be our light to our feet, not our eyes only. Do you know what it's like to know the light of Jesus and to walk in it? As we light these candles together, There will be simply two types of people holding them. There'll be those who simply hold up a pretty light, and there'll be those who hold up a pretty light that represents the light of Christ within them by faith in Jesus. Can I ask you to bow with me for prayer? If you're here and you know Jesus is your Savior, can you just take a moment quietly just to thank Him for that light? that brought you out of darkness. But if you're here and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, can I encourage you just to invite him to be your Savior even in this moment? Say, Lord, I understand that you are holy and and I'm sinful. And those things don't mix. But you sent your Son to offer the light of life to pay the ransom, to purchase my salvation and take wrath that was due to me upon him. Thank you, Jesus, for coming, for being willing to take on flesh and to die on a cross on my behalf and to rise in victory. I invite you now to be my Lord and Savior, to offer that light of life, I take it. and I give you thanks. Father, we thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ, for that wonderful, illuminating truth of the gospel. Father, we recognize it now and we give you thanks and we thank you, Jesus, for being willing to do it. Please receive all glory and honor and praise. Amen.